What's going on, football fans? This is Bryant. This is the XFL Show, and this is a recap of the St. Louis Battlehawks' victory over the Dallas Renegades, 15-9 in Dallas. (laughs) Yes, that is Alan with me. Alan, you're still headed home from the morning game in New York, but you caught the entire game, right? Oh, yeah, because of the miracle of streaming technology. (laughs) I watched the entire game on the road, drove responsibly, watched even more responsibly, and what what a fun slugfest that was that the that was so I was at two games and I watched two broadcasts that broadcast was super fun ESPN I thought did a hell of a job and I thought that St. Louis Battlehawks defense did a phenomenal job just making Philip Nelson how mummy Bob Stoops' life a living hell in their debut at home it was a rough one for the Renegades I picked the Battlehawks foreseeing trouble without Landry Jones and that's exactly what you got Dallas's quarterback situation was not pretty without their franchise quarterback. You're right. Landry Jones is probably the biggest hole that happened to LA yesterday. It happened to Dallas today. I don't see a problem in Dallas. Kind of what I, what I said earlier about Tampa, no problems. Everybody relax, but Landry Jones needs to get back into that game. He was suited, did not play. Didn't really even put his helmet on. Uh, He might've been next to Bob Stoops a couple times, but that was about it. Alan, let's talk a little bit about the entirely the stats of the game and how that went. The, the total yards for the game kind of shocked me. Battlehawks, 374, but only 15 points. Uh, one touchdown on the ground, another one in the air. And then I think you throw in uh, a field goal as well. Uh, we got to talk about punting, too, at some point during this game because that was amazing. Uh, but the Battlehawks were able to get some yardage. Uh, the points weren't there, but I think this is what we're going to see from the Battlehawks all season long. Yeah, their run game is where it's at. And with what Tom almost showed with his legs, too, today, with 70-something yards rushing himself. I mean, the, the Battle Hawks are, are a team to be reckoned with on the ground. If Tomu can find some kind of touch, some kind of consistency through the air, they're going to be deadly. And Because really when it mattered most, they delivered. And that was a hell of a catch by Russell on the touchdown, the game winner. Um I thought the Battlehawks offense showed a lot of promise, and I think uh, Chuck Long, Jonathan Hayes, they also, we saw, had some adversity with their headsets going out uh, from the off- offensive coordinator to, to Teamu. So Hayes had to relay his coordinator's calls at the end, and even with that going on, they still managed to pull it out and get their biggest plays at the end of the game, trying to kill the clock. Though you know They were just kind of running it. Dallas was able to stop that and give themselves a one last shot, but their offense wasn't doing anything. I think the Battlehawks look like a team that really could be could be way better than a lot of people were giving them credit for preseason because their starting point, I think, is way ahead of where I, even I expected it to be offensively, and I picked them to win the game. Yeah, the, the Battlehawks showed up better than I thought they would. They, they showed some promise there. Jordan Tamu, you're right, on it with his legs and his arm. Really did some damage. I think he was responsible for almost 300 total yards of offense between the air and the ground. Uh, but, uh, you know, when you put up that many yards, you should be scoring some more points. Uh, just how I was saying with the Vipers, uh, they got to tidy that up. But you're right, they're at a better starting point. I really do like what uh, Pearsonell, uh, the greatest L to ever play the game of football, like I keep telling you guys. Get out of here. <laughs> uh, 64 yards with four receptions. Uh, he had a long one for 41 yards. I remember that. I think that was in the third quarter? I want to say yeah, it was the third that was quarter. A clu- that was a clutch play at the end when they needed some big plays. 
Yeah, Pearson L made that big grab and, and the run after the catch too. I mean, but the Battle Hawks were they were making plays when they needed them. At the end of the first half, they needed to get the ball in the end zone and make this a game after a bunch of mistakes. And they were making a bunch of mistakes too. We can't forget that. This team had a lot of penalties, a lot of dumb penalties, but they still pulled it off. And their run game too looked looked pretty strong. Uh, I thought Matt Jones looked tremendous. Kristen Michael, uh, I thought was good at you know at kind of being a, a a spell. I think is what he looked maybe is more suited for. I I would stick with Jones. He looked like the more explosive back to me today. And then he had Ford with that big touchdown. But Battle Hawks, I think, have a lot of contributors. But it is all going through Tamu, who is I think a player will control games. He will dictate. And like I said on the last uh, big show, Brian. Uh, I, I would not be surprised if he ends up being a top player in the league and maybe even the MVP because he's he's so damn athletic. He's capable of great things. He really is, and, and uh, you're right. The starting point for this offense is, is a lot higher than I think most people are, were, were giving them credit for leading into the season, and specifically with Jordan Tamu, I think his starting point is a lot higher than what people were thinking it was going to be. Alan, let's switch to the other side real quick. Uh, on the quarterback, Philip Nelson. Uh, we mentioned Landry Jones. He is the starter for this team, but did not start this game. Philip Nelson, holy air raid, 42 pass attempts for 209 yards. I mean, that's what we're going to see every all season long for the Dallas Renegades. A lot of passing attempts, but I, I think they certainly hope not just 209 passing yards. <laughs> uh, that was that was pretty weak sauce for, uh, for an air raid, but... You know, we're talking about a guy who is the backup there, but still, he had all the reps in training camp. So, I, I mean, the, the the Renegades' offense, quite frankly, just they couldn't they couldn't get it going. And I think it was because of the quarterback situation. I thought some of the players looked explosive. I thought Mark Marquise Young looked explosive. I thought Lance Dunbar looked explosive with the ball in their hands, but they couldn't they couldn't get the completions. They were what one for ten or something on third down, yep. and. And also the Battlehawks defense was flying to the ball. They were getting sacks. They were getting stacks because of those sacks. Jake Payne, friend of the show, the Payne train looked pretty awesome too. And hey, Kenny Robinson was showing up. And how about the the the, the deal getting sealed with Will Hill and the pick at the end too? That was kind of poetic with the captain there uh, doing it. But the the Battlehawks defense played well. But I did see signs of okay, this Renegades team can be very good. But Who's going to get them the ball? And that was the problem today. And, you know, credit to the Battlehawks for taking advantage, pulling off close victory. Low-scoring affair, but still, I thought it was a really fun game to watch, even with interesting punts. (laughs) Some of the best punting I've seen in a very long time, and I mean that all across football. Pat McAfee was the man to cover. I guess the punters knew that he was on the field. They wanted to get that spotlight. Yeah, do you think they had yeah, extra juice because McAfee was calling the game? Yeah, possibly, but uh, there were some great uh, special team plays uh, there, uh, Alan. Also, uh, I just want to mention one last thing for the Dallas Renegades. Two trips down to the red zone over uh, two. you got to score when you're down there, especially in this league. Get yourself that opportunity because you, you, know, you might not just score three points. You might score eight points or nine points sorry, excuse me, seven or eight or nine by scoring a touchdown. So you're leaving even more points on the board uh, or in the, on the field, excuse me, uh, when you don't actually convert on those uh, red zone attempts. On the defensive side, Allen, you know, like you said, the Battle Hawks kind of ruled the field, four sacks. Uh, our friend of the show, Jake Payne, got one. Uh, so I think this Battle Hawks defense is legit. I think I'm going to – obviously we need to see more of – 
everything that we saw this week one from all eight teams. Uh, but they came as expected, delivered as expected, uh, and I can't wait to see what other things the Battlehawks can do this season. Yeah, I, I'm really excited. One of the, the coolest things I think we saw at, at the end of the week one here with the last uh, at the end of week one here with the last game being played. Uh, one of the things I'm most excited for the development of the Battlehawks offense and how far can that go? How much better can they get? Because I think the sky might be the limit. And then really that defense is also capable, I think, of being the best in the league. I'd say after week one, we'll probably be breaking this down on the big show, but uh, obviously the Guardians with what they did to the Vipers today and then the Battlehawks where the two defenses stood out to me. Um, And then the Renegades defense, you know, give them credit too. I thought they played well, um, but the timely plays made by the Battlehawks, a team getting that many penalties, you you know, you should be able to – to keep uh, under 20, and you did, but the fact was your offense wasn't scoring and you need to do a little bit more on defense. The Renegades couldn't do quite enough on D, but I think they also showed some promise as well on defense. Getting after Tamu, I mean, to be able to trip up Jordan Tamu the way they did on that one play, he is so fast and elusive, and uh, you know they made, they made some clutch, timely sacks, but Battlehawks did make those 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 plays. It was definitely one of those game of inches, uh, game of uh, just a couple plays that really was the determining factor. But the Dallas Renegades defense, I think, can also be one of the better in the league as well. Uh, that was a fun game. That was a lowest one of the lowest scoring games, right? And I thought it was maybe the that was besides the LA Houston game. I thought that was maybe the best game, just because of it was it was close and it was just a good hard hitting affair. I think it was the only one possession game uh, all weekend long. Uh, I did predict that this was going to be the lowest scoring game of the weekend. I thought it was going to be a little sloppier, but I think there was more you know sloppier games out there this weekend. Uh, the Battlehawks and the Renegades just delivered a, a football game, and and it was what what could you expect? It was a lot of fun to watch. Uh, it was close down to the very end. I think I was texting all of all of you guys saying the biggest third down so far of the weekend. Uh, so. The Battlehawks came out victorious 15-9. I think they both have things to work on. I think Landry Jones being back in this team is going to make a, uh, a huge difference uh, for the Renegades. And the Battlehawks, I mean, they were pretty much healthy. Uh, so they're just going to have to shape up a little bit. Because uh, you can't just you, you can't win many games by scoring 15 points. I mean, if they played anybody other than the Vipers, they would have lost basically based on the scores played. So it's one of those fantasy football references, but I'm, I'm ecstatic with what I saw in this game. I'm ecstatic with what I saw in all three of uh, all, all four games, excuse me. And I can't wait to see what week two has. This oh yeah. Us. Oh yeah. I'm so hyped because I think the football is only going to get better. The offenses are only going to get better as they develop their rapport and they get, they, you know, find their identities but yeah, what a what a weekend! This game in particular, very fun to watch. Great presentation from ESPN, like I said, and also we saw some standout players that I think are going to be exciting to see for the next nine weeks moving forward. Jordan Tamu, man, he he is he's going to have some days this season. I'm telling you, he will have some video game numbers in in some games. Not this game, but you saw you saw the signs. Guy is an athlete, and he's super fun to watch. I cannot wait to see uh, the Battlehawks. They're not home next week again. Now they got to go to Houston, and that is going to be a barn burner. Houston, the only team in the West that won a game. You got <laughs> you got three 0-1 teams in the West in the Roughnecks, and the Roughnecks will host the Battlehawks. That should be a lot of fun next week. 
but uh, this one was cool. Bob Stoops, unfortunately, uh, he is. He, Vince is going to say he's coaching in the league. I can't believe he's 0-1. That's what I guarantee you'll be saying on Tuesday, but he is. Jonathan Hayes, credit to him, and he was maybe my most fun coach to watch on the sideline. He was getting he was screaming at people. He was talking his quarterback uh, you know, off the ledge a little bit, not letting him get too hyped. And then he was also getting in his face. He was all over the place, super entertaining. Congratulations to him for winning that ball game. Very hard-fought victory. Football fans, this is the XFL Show. Alan, before I get into where they can find our show and what's to expect in our schedule, what can they expect this week? Uh, because we got the first recap week of week one for This is the XFL Show on Tuesday. Yep, we got our first recap episode that's coming up Tuesday morning where we'll break down all four games further and then of course of course take an overarching look at the league and where we're at heading into week two we'll look for uh hopefully get you a good crisp interview somewhere in during the week uh thursday of course we will be previewing the week two matchups and we're gonna have a lot of fun with taking some of the audio from these games and the press conferences highlights and and talking all about the weekend of football and this is what we've been waiting two years for a chance to talk about games in the xfl here we are this is the XFL show taking off like a rocket, just like PJ Walker did on Saturday night, baby. MVP. <laughs> uh, we'll be recapping this entire show, uh, this entire weekend, excuse me, uh, on Tuesday morning. Also, catch us Thursday night for the preview of week two. Uh, also, all these mini episodes. Make sure you follow us, subscribe on that podcast app of your choosing if you haven't already. Tell your friends about us. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at XFL Show. You can also listen to us at XFL.com or on their official YouTube, youtube.com slash XFL. Alan, what a weekend. I can't I'm so ecstatic that this is what we waited this long for. I can't wait for the rest of it. Uh man, I don't want it to end. Can they like extend the season in the middle somewhere? Oh no, let's just take it one week at a time. What do you say, Brian? I think this weekend went as good as expected, it exceeded expectations, quite honestly, for me. And I even saw Oliver Luck said that on this broadcast for the Renegades and the Battlehawks. And I think a lot of people are feeling that. Man, that football was good. It was crisp. And it was entertaining. And we're getting more of it in week two. And we're going to be covering it all season long. Living the dream, baby. I'm with you, Alan. I can't wait. I'm going to do one of those as we get out of here. Uh, for Alan, I'm Bryant. This was a good crisp weekend, and this is the XFL Show. Remember, they're listening.